What makes a great solar business? How can you learn from the past and prepare for the future so your solar business thrives? We set out to answer these questions and more. My name is Nigel Morris and I'm the Head of Business Development at Solar Analytics. Welcome to Great Solar Business, proudly brought to you by Solar Juice. Well, hello solar friends. Uh, it's uh, Nigel Morris here uh, from Great Solar Business. I'm coming to you live from uh, a room in the back of the um, Solar Energy uh, Solar Energy Council uh, Exposition and Conference, which uh, we are just winding down today. And today for something different, I'm actually here with two special guests who are also podcasters. Um, G'day fellas, uh, I've got Luke and Carl here from Just Another Solar Podcast, just to keep things really weird. How are you? Hey Nigel, really good. That's it's really good. good that someone else has done the groundwork and prepared. Now it's been a really good, uh, really good show. I think the first observation is that the perception of this show is that it was a second tier program. And then you come in here now and see that it's really a top tier program. So I say congrats to the Smart Energy Council. Here, here, man. Here, here. You're exactly right. This has been a really good show. We're all a bit exhausted, and and we better get Carl in here too because Carl's racing off to jump on a plane, as lots of people are getting ready to do. How are you, mate? I'm good, Nigel. Thanks for uh, inviting me and Luke along to be a part of uh, this inaugural. Uh, combined, just another solar co- podcast, just another solar business. Just, just, uh, just another great solar business another, or an, something. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So uh, I guess both of us have done some public speaking in front of, in my case, 400 people that I really didn't expect and that was quite a new experience for me. I've met lots of people uh, this last couple of days that I don't normally get an opportunity to see, so I've really enjoyed it. It's been great. Oh, that's uh, that's Trade Show 101. You got right there, isn't it? Meeting new people, catching up with old people. They're all the, they're all the good things. Now, to, to intro... Oh, Can I on. just interject, Nigel? Yeah, please. I want to say congrats to you as well, man, because <laughs> not only have you made 30 years in the industry, yesterday you joined the Solar Hall of Fame, and uh, congrats to you, man. We always go on about being veterans at, you know, 10-plus years or something like that. But seeing yourself and some of the other other guys around who are talking about, you know, being back in BP days, um, even guys back to the 1980s, you know, if it wasn't for the trailblazers like you guys, I imagine it was a lot harder slog back then. Whereas now, you know, the path has been led and we're just building on on that foundation. So congratulations, mate. Very kind of you, mate. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, yep, it was a very, uh, it was a great way to start a conference to get a little award and a tap on the shoulder like that with very esteemed uh, colleagues and 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 pretty a pretty pretty special day for us because there, we had two people from uh, Solar Analytics, um, which I think is the first time that's ever happened to have two employees from the same company both getting a, a Guernsey and inducted into the Hall of Fame. That's the second tap on the shoulder that you've had, Nigel. You also got tapped on the shoulder by the uh, Australian Women in Solar group and you're their mascot. <laughs> it's something, some mascot. I like that. Yeah, yeah. No, really happy to jump in and we'll, talk, we'll come back to the Australian Women in Solar later and, and some, of the, some of the realities that we've seen around the show, actually, uh, the good, the bad and the ugly and, and um, what a good cause the, 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 the team from Awise, uh, how hard they're working, in fact. But let's, I, I think we should start off because um, um, 
just another solar podcast. Uh, you guys launched that uh, what about six months or so back? Six months. Six yeah. months ago, yeah. Which is which is fantastic. And I must say, I, I listen to every episode. I, I love the show. I love what you guys do. And we we sort of we've challenged each other here, listeners, to to find some things that we like about each other's shows. And what I really love about um, Another just another solar podcast is you guys are straight in. There's no mucking around. There's two of you. It keeps it really interesting. You've got a great lineup of guests, and you're dealing with really gritty technical issues. Uh, and Giles and I are not. <laughs> we might be gritty, but we're not so technical. Um, so I really like what you're doing there, and I, I just want to say um, well done and keep up the good work, fellas. Thanks, Nigel. Luke's and done a great job of finding our, uh, our, our special guests. Uh, obviously, some people have come to us and asked to be special guests, and we still ask for more special guests. Otherwise, we don't get enough uh, content going forward. So uh, it's, it's self-perpetuating. Started out with two blokes that were mates drinking beers on a Friday night over a Zoom and clicked record and uh, we thought it'd be a good idea for other people to experience the sorts of things that we were seeing in the market so it's been a lot of fun yeah so talking shit in the shed and and now you got it on a podcast (laughs) i like it (laughs) we just got to find someone to pay us to do it So I'd have to say you've got a similar premise for great solar business and that's what I really like. You get some really good guests and you draw the story out of them. I'd say you've got a bit more polish than us. We're just like two mates pressing record with really cool guests but it's a similar premise. We're trying to bring out the good stories um, and we've listened through the catalogue. I was a fan of um, Solar Insiders but this one is almost a similar flavour in that, you know, the Eddie Springer one, one was fantastic and Bobby McKibben and you can go back through and see that they're some of the ground ba- groundbreakers in the industry. Mm. And that's what I really like, man. So I go to the gym in the mornings and I chuck it on. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. We put lots of people to sleep at night, I hear. Uh, <laughs> it's a good way to get to sleep if, you, if you're not sleeping either. Um, so that's a, that's a great way um, uh, to start off. And... Um, the other thing that we were talking about, where's our notes here? Oh, yeah, that's right. So we should talk about the um, the show. Um, yeah, we're at day two. It's been it's been pretty successful. I did hear uh, yesterday from someone that they heard that there were six thousand registrations, which would be about right. So about three thousand, I think, both days looked about even to me. Did did you guys get that same sense? Uh, I'd say that both uh, days had around the five or six thousand people. People would have come for both days. Yep. Uh, like any trade show, it's difficult to get around all the stands and talk to all the different people for the the things that our, uh, our businesses need. Uh, certainly for myself, I've been on the uh, on the solar juice stand for most of the two days, uh, and the number of people that have uh, gone through that stand is, is just incredible. We yeah. talk to a lot of people. Yeah, awesome. And 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 Luke, um, you and I were saying you've been you you had that that the sort of two ways shows go right. You're either locked to the booth or um, your back-to-back meetings and your back-to-back obligations, and you had the latter, right? That's right. So it's a different experience, so there's pros and cons to both, but it is good freelancing because you can get around. It's almost like a school reunion at times. You see so many familiar faces. I think you recognise a big chunk of the faces, not as many names, but a fair fair lot of them. But with COVID and, you know, I've been locked away in WA, I haven't been to a trade show since COVID. It's like a snapshot. So they're people you've known and their journey's gone further. Mm. So it's really exciting to hear what some of the companies are doing. Certainly manufacturers pushing the boundaries of what they've released. And it's really frustrating that I wanted to come here with a couple of announcements um, that are quite exciting, but they're not being released till InterSolar. So 
I begged and pleaded with marketing managers and they said, no, you've got no chance, yeah. you're just going to have to wait. <laughs> That's the downside to the Australian shows quite often, isn't it? Because we're just ahead of the European shows. So I, I've heard that happening many times. Are you trying to line people up for the next Just Another Solar podcast <laughs> already, Luke? When's this magical announcement coming out? You haven't told me either. Going to have to hurt you later. Yeah. Actually, that's a, that's a plus from this for, for, for guys like us who have shows because I, I bumped into someone yesterday I hadn't seen for ages. Oh, what are you doing? What's your new business venture? Blah, blah, blah. He gave me this great spiel about how he's helping solar businesses with his new thing. And I went, oh, you got to come on the show. So I found myself a guest yesterday as well. Um, today's for me has been uh, almost back to back with uh, a number of events. We'll come to one or two of them. Uh, yesterday for me was uh, Booth 101 like you, Carl. So I've kind of had a bit of a, bit of a mix of both. Um, uh, so it's been interesting, and let's let's perhaps talk because I'm sure, like like me, you guys would have done a bit of a cruise of the floor, right? Um, looking for interesting things. Maybe I'll kick off the trying to think of the things that were kind of most interesting and 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 sort of new-ish. That How wasn't about notably absent. Oh, notice? Ooh. Yes, yeah, definitely touch on notably absent. People, people aren't match fitting. Night. That was very apparent. It was. There was that first night. The party kind of was a little bit explosive, right? It was that kind of. I haven't been out of the house for a long time. Vibe, yeah, right? I, got, I got the impression I was a bit frightened. Actually, it's a COVID hotspot. People yelling at each other and obviously getting sprayed at the same time. I thought to myself, "Wow, I should be standing outside." So I, I stood outside for most of the time. Yeah, I think I saw you come to the bar at one stage with a mask, mask. on. Yeah, well, good Absolutely. on you, man. Good on you. You got to look after yourself I'm, I'm going to jump to some tech because um, actually and I didn't get to dig really deep around the whole show but um, uh, apart from the semi the electric semi trailer which was just big and cool um, that was very very cool but actually the thing that actually struck me as the most interesting product that I saw at the whole show um, was from Delta who do inverters and battery chargers and had a big feature on um, uh, electric vehicle chargers and they had a V to G charger there that was one of their latest models that comes out and I'm very excited about vehicle load and vehicle to grid so to see those products starting to appear and in fact on that topic you know almost everybody had something to do with EVs on their booth right there was mm. there was just it, you can see this wave just you know bubbling up and getting ready to to, to go so so that would be my call what we need the cars now yeah it's all we need just <laughs> the cars we've got plenty of chargers everyone's got a charger we just need cars to go with them uh, and where, so where are the cars on the floor they were notably oh, absent I mean, yeah mm. notably yeah. absent uh we did have a visit from a uh, technical guy from mg to our stand uh and he's looking to launch a charger in australia as well and looking for someone to test mm. it so of course i volunteered for some free hardware <laughs> and Nigel, something that you cover off in podcasts with Giles is political stuff. I mean, we tend to avoid that, mm. but it's quite notable that there is an election coming up and there was a fair bit is going on. Elbow was walking the floor. Stands, five different stands were all bashing someone's drum. We need to vote for this guy or vote for that guy. That really actually surprised me. Oh, what are all these people here doing campaigning for the election? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And in fact, our booth was directly opposite three uh, political booths with, with uh, local independent members and, and I, I did go to the morning presentation I missed elbows today but I did go to the morning presentation and and hear from a, a couple of independent independent members who were um, obviously trying to just make sure they were picking up those key votes uh, from people on the floor but you're right there was a very strong, a very strong sense that there was an election coming right 
Have, were there new announcements though, or is it just in line with what's been announced up to the conference? Yeah, that's a great question. We got There was an inference yesterday that was going to be an announcement from Chris Bowen this morning. I didn't see it, but uh, someone I, I met said, nah, there was, uh, there was nothing huge, except a commitment to you know, meet the stuff that we already know about. So no new announcements, no policies outside what we already knew as far as I'm aware. I think there was one next to our booth who was uh, basically campaigning that we shouldn't be voting for either of the major parties and uh, primarily that the Liberals' uh, SCOMO has done very, very little for the environment in this country uh, and of course the current policies that we operate under with STCs, uh, they date back decades now uh, to Julia Gillard and Kevin Rudd. Right. Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. It's pretty easy. History is forgotten so quickly, right? And, and uh, I think they all uh, monopolise on that. Uh, wh- what about you, man? Um, what was the best bit of tech you saw? It's going to be something that I don't really have a lot to do with, and it was quoting tools. So once again, it was a snapshot. So seeing the likes of Open Solar, Pylon, all that sort of thing, seeing the evolution of how you were designing, and you know, it started being very much that you had to manhandle panels and do a lot of the heavy lifting yourself whereas all the automation behind that now and shade calculations and generation estimates Mm. I was blown away it's not even the core business I deal in but I got caught up at the stands and talking to people about it and going through the demos with it and once again you mentioned the EV chargers Mm. and the batteries and really the conversation has changed from hey buy our inverter buy our panels to um, come on board bring your customers and we can take them through the whole journey. Interesting you should say that, Luke. I had a chat with a guy, uh, it would have been midnight, uh, lots of rock and roll music going on in the background. Frankies. And we, Frankies, that's it. Frankies. What did you guys do, Frankie? Did you see my post about Frankies on Not Sunday very night? very long, way too loud and what a, uh, what a uh, hole in the ground. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my partner didn't enjoy it at all and we lasted about five minutes. But I did get to talk briefly about VPPs and how important they are and how uh, these energy companies are going to bring businesses to or bring customers to us for use of the batteries that they've bought from us. And I said, I can't see how VPP stacks up just yet until mm. such time as they're paying me 50 cents a kilowatt hour for my exported energy from my battery. Mm. I want to use it myself. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. VPPs, man. I went to uh, the supply guys from Supply Partners did a launch on uh, on day one, or pre- just day zero, actually, Tuesday. Um, and uh, they had a big pitch on VPP. And actually, at the AWISE event this afternoon, I met a, um, a research, a lady who's just finished a huge big research report into so she's looked at all the other reports on VPPs and I'm, I'm trying to get a copy of I, it's public so I really want to get a copy of it and I said what's the short version well you're the analytical guy <laughs> so you're the, you're the guy with solar analytics you should have the data well we do have the data and we've done a bunch of pilots we did a synthetic pro- project a year or so back where we uh, we said well look we can synthesize we can look at real data real sites and we can synthesize what if you imagine there was a 10 kilowatt hour battery, a five kilowatt hour battery on all these tens of thousands of solar systems. You mean imagine with maths and an algorithm. Just, just maths. Just, maths. just maths. <laughs> so we synthetically modeled it and then we could, ima- we could then look synthetically at 
what were the arbitrage opportunities that would have been existed because we could look at the market data, what were the um, uh, FCAS opportunities and we could model the whole thing and we could then calculate what would have been the returns, how much would you share, all those kinds of things. So can mum and dad actually make some money out of having their own battery and selling it to the grid? <laughs> well, that's the, so the, the third, for the very third time, including this lady I only met an hour ago, she said, look, the net result of it all is there's about 200 bucks in it. 200 bucks a year, right? That customer wins or loses? Wins. Wins. So there's about a $200 gain, which is something, right? It's something. Something is better than nothing, but it's not a big chunk of money. And there's a lot of complexity involved in that, obviously. Yeah, well, if I want to invest somewhere between 15, 17, even bigger, put in a big system, put, put in my own batteries in the garage, 50 kilowatt hours, I, I want to see a return of investment, say, five percent something like that mm. uh, and then you'll see people pouring money in you're exactly right and in fact the part of the study that we did then was a sort of a social study about checking the reactions of people and our reports available online as well through UNSW and you can see that the overriding conclusion there and this is a social issue around issue around batteries is most of their early adopters they're people like you Carl they're people like you and they don't want to they don't want to give away control of their battery and that was kind of the overwhelming result that we got the key outcome that we got was people wanted to retain they were concerned about losing control of their battery they would do that for a price and as the market changes as we get out of early adopters, more and more of them will do it um, um, for sure because they don't care so much. They're in it for a return, and as the return grows and the cost goes down, it'll get better. But you know, materially now, the 200 bucks is 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 kind of a bit marginal. That's that was the the the, the conclusion I've heard from multiple people. So, Luke, you've got a battery. How much do you reckon you've got spare to sell back to the grid on a day-to-day -day basis? You've got plenty of data. Well, I mean, that's not our driver for the money. So for us, it's about self-sufficiency and also working in the industry, it's a really good sales tool. But a 10 kilowatt hour battery for our house, we're a standard house in Perth, 9.36 kilowatt system. Um, we're, I think we're over 98% self-sufficient most of the year. Right. So but, but you're using that battery then, right? You don't have spare to give right. away to a VPP. That's right. Yeah. But during the day, when the grid doesn't really need the energy, that's when we're exporting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other lesson that I learned, and that was what I heard from a lot of guys, and I've met some companies who are really excited about VPP, is there's a great story in it, right? There's a great pitch in it. Mm -hmm. So some of the sales companies that I'm meeting are super pumped about it, and if you bundle it up with a nice feed-in tariff and a couple of other bits of a finance offer and other stuff, then it's, it, it starts to get interesting. I like the idea of this dy dynamic pricing. So uh, I'd like to be able to choose when I export it, and if it's five bucks a kilowatt hour that they're prepared to uh, give me, then I'm happy to press the button and dump the whole lot to the grid. But I haven't seen any platform that was really capable of delivering that yet. So one of the other ways they're doing it is uh, QCells has ArcStream now. Mm. And the way they're operating is a subscription. I think it's $29 a month. So when someone gets their solar, they can sign on directly with ArcStream. Mm -hmm. And then I think they get 500 kilowatt hours per month. Mm -hmm. If they exceed that, it goes to 26 cents. Mm -hmm. So I think that sort of offer, you know, top to bottom is what we're going to see more of rather than, you know, they'll be operating in, in the FCAS market and so forth. But it's really capturing those customers as a retailer, yep. effectively. Yep. Yep. And I was, um, I mean, again, it was great to see here something confirmed when I was speaking to this lady whose name evades me. I apologise. Uh, she was so tuned into VPPs. But did you know there's 20 VPP offers in the market already? Wow. I had no idea. Did you know that? No, but I did find another solar company in Victoria who's offering an 11.9 cents feed-in tariff. So that extra two cents for me when I'm exporting 15 megawatt hours a year is a lot of money. 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so the export rates export rates are a key a key part of the whole financial benefit of a VP at the moment because there's so little value in the in the arbitrage or the FCAS, right? So it's more about a, an FIT. So imagine if there was some kind of software program that could analyse which was the best tariff program for a solar owner or a battery owner. Imagine if that was out there. I tell you what, amazing, there's an amazing thing out there called the time switch that we can still use to t- turn on the most basic appliances that use lots of power. I think that was a segue to solar analytics, just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have the technology, mate. We have the technology. That's right. It was a subtle plug for Plan Optimizer, which is, uh, I actually had someone come up to us today at the booth and I said, oh, how are you going? Have you used this? He said, yeah, 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 I really love it. And uh, I said, what do you think about Plan Optimizer? We launched it a few months ago and he said, I saved a customer $6,000 a year by using Plan Optimizer to tell them which plan was the best plan. Six grand a year. Massive, man. There is so much opportunity to get people to save literally thousands of dollars a year just over and above their solar but getting them on the right plan you just got to get that money to, for them to pay that money to you Nigel and we can give this game up a couple of hundred of those six thousand bucks a piece for them to pay us and we're laughing that's right we're all off to the Bahamas like we that's wanted right. to now, right. now, this, <laughs> this is good because uh, it's a good lead into uh, some of the conversations and the talks I don't know about you guys I always struggle to get off the floor or to get out of the meetings and and to get in and hear some of the presentations but I did hear some good ones what about you guys well I can speak about the conversations I've had and being a distributor we speak to Andy McCarthy used the phrase co-opetition on our podcast Mm. so I spoke to our competition some of them we do business as well so I spoke to Rami and Andrew spoke to you know Liam spoke to Matt Tabaldi so all these guys and it's nice to come here after a pretty tough Q1. The Sunwiz data tells us that the market was down significantly mm. and they're in the same boat. Mm. So we're all riding this through. And there's a lot of, there's friendship there, there's co-opetition. And it was good to actually go there and go, well, it's not just us suffering and our customers. It's actually, it's been a nationwide thing. And it's something we can pull through because mm. it ebbs and flows. We've seen this, you know, even we've been around long enough to know that yes you do have your downsides and it's been terrible but you can still be optimistic because the industry is full of great people innovative people so we're going to move into a period where it's going to swing the other way but we're all in the same boat Um, and it was good to good to hear that for me I love that, and that's a very Australian unique thing to have such mutual respect um, and, and, and friendship. We're a small industry at the end of the day, um, and, and to have that, an opportunity to benchmark like that against your competitors in a, in a, in a respectful and mutual, mutually respectful way is just wonderful. Um, why don't we take a minute and hear a message from our sponsors? Solar Juice is Australia's leading solar distributor, providing complete residential and commercial rooftop solar component solutions. Solar Juice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money. Like their panel brands, REC, Hyundai, Trina and Longy. Their inverters, SMA, Fronius and Sungro, along with the Tesla Powerwall battery. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let Solar Juice help you become a great solar business. Great Solar Business is also brought to you by Solar Analytics. From just $40 a year, Solar Analytics can help solar owners save an extra $400 by recommending the ideal energy plan. Solar Analytics, it's different. Learn more at solaranalytics.com.au. 
Fantastic. And uh, please uh, do uh, thank our sponsors. Um, in fact, um, thank you, Carl, because uh, if you didn't know... I didn't pay for it, <laughs> didn't pay for it Nigel. So uh, Andrew and Rami obviously see it as a, uh, a good cause and a good thing for, uh, for us to participate in. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, we, we welcome these opportunities. Well, good on you, mate, and thanks uh, thanks for all the support, and, and, and listeners do get out there and have a poke around at Solar Juice. Um, uh, best talks. Now, I'm going to throw a little pitch here for a talk that I heard. Um, I, the, 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 there are all sorts of talks. There's technical talks. There's product talks. I really wanted to go to some of the EV talks. I don't normally go to the sort of headliner and, and, and the political talks, but I did, I did go and um, listen to um, Saul... Griffith's talk and uh, if you haven't heard about Saul Griffith and his um, re-electrify everything campaign um, it's really worth digging into a bit he gave this talk about how they'd done this modeling where he lives down at Austinmere and had mapped out in incredible detail how much PV was down there what the load was how much gas was being used and if they removed that gas and they added electric cars and where could they put the PV which houses and buildings could they put it on how much could they generate and if they electrified everything what would be the change in the load on the local network and what did that mean as a segue to if, you, if we did electrify everything in Australia, um, this is what it's going to mean. And, the, and, and it was a really, really interesting result because it was three times higher load, right? Even with PV. And they could take a lot of it off with PV and they could map that out. But really, really interesting. They're, they're actually doing some really good thought leadership stuff. So I must, um, I must follow up with Saul. I promise to have a chat with him. What about you, Carl? That's, that's an interesting bit of uh, data there, Nigel. I watched a YouTube video literally a couple of days ago where they talked about if we electrified the entire American grid, took all of the petrol combustion cars off the grid, turned them to electric, it would only represent an increase in electrical energy demand of 15%, which over the last 20 years we've seen is easily something that's easily accommodated by the, uh, the networks and it wasn't sort of unfathomable amount of extra energy that was required. So to hear that it's three times, yeah. uh, that seems like a lot. Yeah, it is. And it wasn't three times at all times. It, it, it was just that on the edge of the solar window. That was the problem that you couldn't get around. And so more batteries, more batteries, more batteries, more, more batteries was the answer. Um, great. Um, now, uh, the other thing um, that... Um, uh, oh, yeah, good one, good one, good one. Uh, so uh, a wise, worth making a mention to a wise. I um, was very lucky and got invited to come up and speak as a bloke, uh, the token bloke um, at the wise function after interviewing Bobby McKibben on the show um, a few months ago. And, and I tried really hard to have a genuine conversation with her. So I, um, and we, we had a really good chat. Um, I think, and, and so they had a really terrific function today. The thing that really struck me was there was nearly as many guys in the room as there were women, which was just wonderful to see. And, I, and I've made that point several times to people around the industry today that, um, you know, it's actually the guys who need to be listening into this conversation and seeing if we can lift our game a bit. Were you with that? You were there as well? No, I had a commitment, yeah. though my colleague Erin Aaron thought was there yeah. and she gave me feedback on it. So I noticed in the networking events as well, the ratio of men to women has improved. Mm. So I reckon five years ago, I don't know what the number is, but it felt like it was 95% men. Mm. So it's really cool to see women in the industry who are succeeding, turning up to the events. But if I can put the ugly spin on it, after mm. speaking to my colleague and other people and having to look around. I'm speaking to about 0.5% of the industry here. 
Uh, a woman shouldn't walk through a trade show floor on her own and get wolf whistled and propositioned on more than one occasion and then she's left alone when she's with guys. And there's also some other behaviour that we've seen around the networking events that if I go to a networking event, I'm very social. I do put my arm around people and you know, you see friends and everyone. I smile a lot, I'm very friendly. No one takes that that I'm trying to proposition them or indicate interest. One of the issues with women still in the industry is that they operate the same as we're operating in a networking environment and that gets mistaken for this she's interested in me or something else. So, so one of the people I spoke to came from oil and gas, used to go to conferences and said that never ever happened there because companies won't tolerate it. Wow. So that 0.5% and the companies who manage them need to tighten things up. <laughs> That's uh, it's such a good example, right? And, and you know, I keep making the point that I'm a stupid middle-aged white guy that didn't have great role models for, for gender equality at all. The society wasn't like that. So I've got work to do to, to, to do that. I try and do my best to, uh, to, to be a progressive thinker and, and to treat women with greater equality. But the reality is that, you know, that kind of behaviour... Uh, shouldn't be we sh it shouldn't be tolerated at all it shouldn't exist in our industry it still does and we've got to work hard to to do that so um, I'm going to make a commitment on behalf of a wise right today uh, to work with you Luke to go and find a couple of those people and have a genuine conversation with them about see if we can change their behavior I think that's a good Great outcome idea. it's another interesting one Nigel so I work with some lovely uh, ladies at solar juice and uh, my boss Dolores actually threw her hands up in the air as a woman walked past wearing what amounted to being a shirt that barely even covered her backside. Uh, look, I don't, you know, everybody knows me. I don't, I'm not one to tell untruths or cover up a story or blow something out of proportion, but I was genuinely surprised that anybody would wear that sort of an outfit in public, let alone to a trade show. Uh, but the, so the, the other issue is that women who are wearing business attire is still getting the same attention as someone who's dressed like that. Mm. So if we, if we can't fix it up and tighten it round, it's only, you know, that those fringe guys doing it. If we can't do it in five years time, we're gonna be back to 95% of blokes because the women won't be comfortable to come, mm. which is ridiculous. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Luke, well, I've been at a trade show in Europe with you where two girls actually thought that Luke looked like Jason Statham and they followed him. <laughs> he, does, he does a bit, doesn't he? They followed him around, they wouldn't let him go. They thought he was Jason Statham. So maybe, Luke, you need to dull down how good you look in public. <laughs> Now that's good, that's good. Now I think that's a really good conversation to have and I know sorry, certainly, you know, as, as time changes, attitudes change and, you know, the expectations of, of, uh, of uh, the community change and, you know, it's up to us to adapt to that and certainly, sure. you know, it's very evident when you go to Europe that the, the you know, they put girls in skimpy outfits on trade shows, on, yeah. on booths over there. It is, it is, you know, quite a different world in that trade show world over there and we'd sort of moved past that, you know, there'd been a real active move to, you know, really try and take that um, ogling kind of behaviour and, and show girls thing away and uh, it's a shame to see a little bit of that slipping. I heard that there were some on one of the booths as well so we might chase them down as well and have a, have a word with them. Um, fellas, we're just about out of time but um, um, there might be closing comments or things that you... Oh, uh, do we get it? Do we cover insp inspiration? Is that what we were going to talk about? Something inspirational? 
Check notes. Check notes. Hang on, hang on. What have we got? Look, uh, Nigel, I, some, a bit of inf inspiration that I got. So uh, the session that I spoke in uh, sort of got thrown in the deep end a couple of days before. Can I speak about uh, finance in the solar industry? Uh, so we had a 15-minute, well, I had a 15-minute presentation. Um, some of the other speakers I was definitely humbled by. They did an excellent job, far better than I did. Uh, but one that stood out for me was Sophie Wright. And uh, she was talking about uh, the, the, the art of not discounting. So a customer comes to me and says, look, I really like your proposal, but I'm not so keen on the price. Can you offer me a discount? And she said, what I always respond with straight away is the best price that I've been able to put forward is what I've put forward. And that's because if I was ripping you off, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Do we still have a deal? <laughs> that's, she said she's never, ever had anyone say no. I love it. I lo that's great work from Sophie to, uh, to drop a bit of gold like that. What about you, mate? You've got a closing remark on uh, uh, what you've learned over the last 48 hours? I've just been really encouraged. So as I said, it seems that those good players in the industry that I've had the opportunity to catch up with They've all moved further down the road. So as much as we've had some storms through Q1 and it's been a tough industry, I'm still very optimistic and encouraged after coming here just by seeing the good people winning. So true, isn't it? So true. The good people working hard too. The last session that I was in, I realised I was sitting there listening to a panel of guys who were just arguing for better solar. It was all they wanted to do was deliver better solar and didn't matter how or what technology or anything else. Uh, listeners, um, it's unfortunately we're out of time. Um, Luke, Carl, I want to thank you so much for your time, fellas. Thanks for coming on the show. Great to catch up. No worries. Thanks, Nigel. I think uh, Luke and I are going to just tag this one as one of ours as well and we'll publish the same thing. <laughs> That's the plan. You can do your own outros uh, in a second if you like, fellas. Listeners, uh, that's a wrap. Thanks very much for, uh, uh, for tuning in again. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you again in two weeks. Great Solar Business was brought to you by Solar Juice, Australia's leading solar distributor. SolarJuice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let SolarJuice help you become a great solar business. Great Solar Business was also brought to you by Solar Analytics. You can now offer Solar Analytics from just $40 per year by connecting it directly to Fronius and SunGrow inverters. No additional hardware required, just extra value. Solar Analytics, it's different. Learn more at solaranalytics.com.au.